Welcome to the Codeplay Culture Podcast, where we discuss tech, gaming, health, and the world around us. Well, the first first time for everything, but you got to start somewhere. I'm sure everyone's uh, doing this by now, so we might as well do it before people are like, hey, why aren't you doing this? Like, oh, that's the old social media from that era that doesn't exist. It's like, oh, you don't podcast? It's like podcasts were so old school. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, welcome everyone. This is uh, episode number one of the um, Codeplay Culture Podcast. Um, Logan um, and Rui. Yep. This episode is uh, Less Code, More Impact. Um, and basically what we want to talk about today is just kind of going through um, minimalism in terms of technical debt. Uh, code bases, um, writing things once, and uh, maybe uh, Rui, you can uh, kick it off a little bit with um, what's been some positive experience in in having less or more or vice versa. Well, positive and having more, I don't think there's positive and having more. My personal opinion, I think more is just too much and it gets very confusing. But by that, uh, with the same token, that could be something we could um, talk about and and dive into further. So is more code better? That depends on the situation. Personally, I think it's terrible. But for somebody who is not really, let's say, a coder or a forward-thinking developer, it could be an aid. If you really think about it, whole code base um, could be something that's, you know, some kind of like, I don't know, could be some kind manual. of manual. Yeah, like exactly like a manual for a crappy developer. <laughs> I'm sorry, I take like that the, back. Like I mean, the, a crappy like developer. The, like yeah, the it's like the onboarding is going through the code. Right, exactly. But right. Uh, ultimately, you want to move yourself forward into that space where you're writing less and more efficient. It could be the same code base but condensed. The smaller it gets, I mean, unlike some things, the smaller code gets the better it is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I feel like uh, a lot of the different companies and, and clients, like can we both work with, um, mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong, if it's different in your experience. Um, however, in my experience, the clients that I'm working with, they're, they're really excited about adding, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, but, um, especially especially um, very new, trendy, up-and-coming applications. Mm-hmm. Um, not really like a flavor I'm seeing for um, can we take a day to refactor and the goal of that would be to reduce let's say 100 lines of code that would be the you know the 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 Jira story or the Azure DevOps ticket or whatever are you seeing that at all where you know they're like hey this is very important that we feel like you got to spend this time cleaning it. Right. No, I have not seen that. And from a business standpoint, I don't know if it makes fiscal sense to them to mm-hmm. be, to be like, all right, you guys take like a week to, you know, refactor this code to make it more efficient in a way that mm-hmm. we're not going to see a profit from. It may mm-hmm. not be the best thing for them fiscally, but I mean, as from, from our point of view, it's, it's the right thing to do. Right. And we have to find that balance, right. which, which is yeah. difficult. I wonder if it's because maybe, and I'm, I guess I'm just generalizing, but maybe um, developers in general um, aren't communicating the benefits of that to, uh, you know, 
the business and senior uh, management and leadership. Mm-hmm. It, it's it all for, in my, in my opinion. What I what I'm seeing is, um, no, um, it, it, a lot of these clients won't have the appetite for that. However, when it gets to the point where we're having a scaling issue, where we can't actually put features in as fast as we want to right. because the code base is so bloated, um, there seems to be frustration there, um, and that to me screams okay if you. You know, just listen to us from the get-go of, you know, I'm saying us as in, you know, this hypothetical, uh, metaphorical developer right. trying to petition management for, uh, you know, cl- code cl- cleansing. Mm-hmm. And um, because if you if you keep on building like a speedboat into Titanic, yeah. you know, the Titanic can't turn on a dime. It's going to hit an iceberg. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Um, maybe it, it falls on our shoulders to to convince them and show them the the right way. But does that typically end in success? Are we, I mean, from, for, from my experience, it's, it's a futile attempt, right? I feel like yeah. you need a buffer in between as a developer. We can't just go to the business and say, well, I need to refactor, you know, this code and this is what's going to happen long-term. It'll save you a ton of time creating modules or, or programs, but will they accept it? I don't know if, if they will accept that from a developer, I mean, my mm-hmm. experience tells me not, but mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? I, I would agree. It's almost worth not, in most cases, in my opinion, not uh, worth pursuing, mm-hmm. um, you know, letting the business know that, hey, we're going to refactor this. It's almost better if you have a team of developers that you're working with, you kind of pull them aside independently and suggest that, hey, uh, let's spend an hour refactoring. Right. Um, and you can put it in your next PR for the next feature. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it wouldn't be a d- dedicated pull request for um, cl- uh, data cleansing. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's good. I think that's good. Ultimately, it does make sense for sure. Um, I think right off the bat, that is the right approach is to m- put everything to a manageable state. Um mm-hmm. And a condensed and more, you know, readable and refactorable, if that's even a word, state Mm -hmm. where any developer can pick it up and look at it and say, well, these guys did an amazing job and just carry on that torch. Um, Yeah, I think that's great for sure. Yeah. Um, But in terms of writing cleaner code, um, there are a ton of options out there. And I think there's no excuse for writing spaghetti code with the amount of, um, you know, knowledge and resources we have right right i wonder if you just upload your code chat gpt and and uh say hey this is what i'm working with uh can you just give me back like a one-liner yeah (laughs) and be like okay okay here's some here's some uh obscure uh exe that we compiled this down to and now it's a one-liner it's like that's like the late that's the lazy approach chat gpt takes um that that brings up an interesting idea is the and um, I just thought of this now. I, I don't know if it it it, it exists. I, I'm sure it w- could. Mm-hmm. Um, is you know how when people do pull requests, you see a plus lines and minus lines right. per file, right? And you see, I believe you see an overall meaning how many lines were added, right? Um, what about the whole um, mentality or methodology of um, that would be a cultural practice adopted by a business to say, okay, we have a net neutral PR policy, Mm -hmm. meaning that if there is a PR, 
um, there will be um, zero lines committed, netted out. Right. So if if you've if you've um, if you've um, you know committed a hundred lines of code, mm-hmm. and you, you hit that PR, it'll say plus one hundred, and um, you know the the dev lead comes back and says, "I'm going to need to see a minus one hundred lines." Right. Um, and then uh, you uh, push, uh, commit to that. You were able to refactor a couple functions, maybe just get rid of a lot of white space. Just, just. But if you're, if we're getting to the point now, if, as culturally as a business, and if we're, we were doing that, let's say, um, if we're finding it really, really hard to to do that mm-hmm. because we've all re- refactored the heck out of everything. Yeah, like that seems to be like a good place. Yeah. Right. Like I tried, like I scoured the code base. Right. I spent, let's say, 30 minutes trying to refactor things. I, I only was able to shave two lines off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe as part of the PR process of a, of a net neutral line check-in. Yeah, It could be like audacious. However, if it's a requirement, and you could even put something in the uh, the pipeline build process for the PR that yeah. says, hey, um, we're, we're, it won't be able to be pushed um, even if it's approved, unless it's net neutral. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what a good idea. No, I think that's a really good idea. Um, we should put that into practice at some point. <laughs> mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's funny. When we talk about like the minimalism, it's always a pipe dream. Right? <laughs> For sure. It's like, it's like um, oh, yeah, we, we should really refactor. Well, you know, everything starts get... with a dream, man. That's that's the way it works, yeah. right? It's, that's very true. It's a good sentiment, yeah. that's for sure. Uh, it is uh, Valentine's Day right now. And um, I, yes, it is. Yes, did you remember? <laughs> of course, course you did. Of course, I did. The, romant, the romantic. Uh, so I woke up at two a.m. this morning, went to bed at midnight, mm-hmm. and uh, this morning, um, <laughs> wife gives um, Valentine's Day to the uh, gifts to the kids, and then that's when I realized it was Valentine's Day. <laughs> when, and and then the the kids looked at me and they said, um, "Did did you get us something too, Dad?" And I'm like, I'm like. Shh. I'm like, of course I did. Yeah, exactly, I was like, yeah. I, I was, I was not able to, I, I'm not sure how I was that witty at that point on that little sleep. And then, um, Megan, of course is such an age. She's, she says, uh, um, well, everything from me kiddos is also from dad. And then the, the kiddos were like, thank you. And they hugged me after nice. obviously <laughs> hugging her. But, uh, so she saved a uh, situation and, um, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's like the lack of sleep will uh, will make your minimalism of code maximalism in like bugs. Yeah, right. Yeah, no minimalism it's, when it comes to sleep is not a good thing. No code, yeah. yes, not sleep. You need your sleep, man. Yep, we all need our sleep. But yeah. um, what's your yeah, kind of like a de- derailment, derailment a little bit. Yeah. But uh, what what uh, what time do you go to bed and what time do you wake up? Like on average? Yeah, so on average, week? like midnight till like. 6.30 or 7 o'clock. 6, 6.30, I think, is the cutoff. That's when I wake up. My body just naturally wakes itself up. But it's not many hours. It's about six, seven hours. And when when's your last um, um, cup of coffee or any caffeine um, throughout the day or any chocolate? I don't eat chocolate typically, but caffeine, let's say my last cup would be around five, six, sometimes yeah. four, but I try not to drink it. Obviously, in the evening or closer to bedtime, right? Yeah. But um, Fair enough. it doesn't really keep me up. 
Honestly, I, mm. I can fall asleep with a cup of coffee. Yeah, that's when I'm uh, right now. I believe <laughs> I'm, I'm asleep too. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's like you're caffeine adapted. Yeah. Um, um, Megan sent me something funny, not funny, but it's interesting the other day. It's ever when you're falling asleep mm-hmm. and um, you get these little like shocks or like tremors or little uh, kicks yeah. or like little leg movements. Apparently what that is, um, she sent a video of someone explaining it. Um, some qualified person, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming um, that was uh, it's your body is going to sleep before your brain is. So what your brain does is it sends a, you know, an electrical current to that to stop it right. from shutting down, which is kind of crazy to think about. Your body is falling asleep faster than your brain. Yeah. Yeah. That is so kind of nuts. You would think that like you had a very active day. Yeah. Right. And where the opposite might be true, where your body is like awake. Yeah. But your, your brain dead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, um, yeah, man. So. I, Anyways, back to our, our code talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we uh, went down rabbit hole here. Yeah. Um, so what can we do to make our code more efficient on a daily? So let's say daily basis, starting from today. How can we make it better? What can we do first? I think first and foremost, we have to mentally tell ourselves we're going to have a good a good day today. <laughs> that you always start with I think that. It all starts yeah. mentally. Yeah, yeah. Or at that, you know, yeah. cerebral cerebral level, we have to yeah. say we're going to have a good day today. And then, mm-hmm. of course, let everything kind of fall into place and uh, just do things proper. Set enough time when you're developing something to to write the code clean and not rush. That's the key. Like, don't rush it. Write it clean. Um, use structures. Use structures that exist. Use code that exists. That's obviously optimized and written better than what you can write. Um, just stuff like that. Like, don't rewrite the wheel, as they say. And mm-hmm. obviously, don't repeat yourself. That old programming acronym, yep. DRY. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like also SOLID and all, the, all of these other... Yeah, what does um, SOLID stand for? I can't remember. I think I have to look it up. I think it's like single single use principle or something like that. Yeah. It, it's um, I think it's the, the whole duality... Um, I might have to like make a note to add mm-hmm. a correction to the next note if, uh, or show if I'm saying this wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, uh, you know, the whole um, loosely coupled versus um, uh, tightly bound, ah, right? Okay, so, okay. so um, but then there's, the, I think solid is like the single, uh, There, there's like a, it's an acronym you know, uh, each, each letter is a word, like right. single use, and then it goes through. But there's been like, on, on, on a lot of the um, .NET Rocks podcast, they had mm-hmm. a bunch of people on there saying that, well, like when Solid came out, like that was back when, you know, code was in a very different place than it is right. now. However, they've been bringing that methodology along for the ride, almost like it was you know, stone tablets yeah. that that were unchanging, right? Um, and so some people are kind of like, you know, there's more modern, I guess, ways of thinking about, um, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, code reuse and mm-hmm. not breaking things. It, it, it's uh, And then the, uh, the single use thing is like, you, you can get hosed either way, I find, where if, um, if you have everything using, let's say, the same objects, yeah. then if you make a change somewhere, 
mm-hmm. then it breaks everything. Yeah. Right. Uh, or if you have the opposite where let's say every page on a website has its own, you know, like DTO or some kind of object or class, yeah. then, you know, you make a change to that page or that model or DTO, it will essentially only break there. Right. Now that, that will, will have way more code, right? For sure. So yeah. you have like huge amount of code uh, because of, um, and then there's this whole thing of, okay, well, we don't want to break everything every time we make a change, mm-hmm. but we don't want to have tons of code, right? Like what would be the middle path through that? And for me and personally in the past year, it's really been source code generators yeah. because, um, with those, um, and for those that don't know, um, you know, Roslyn C, C sharp source code generators, uh, Roslyn is the, I guess the, um, open source, um, underlying engine in visual studio. Um, and, um, you know, you can tap into a lot of stuff and, and, uh, commit PRs to it and, and all that as far as I'm aware. And so you can imagine like, let's say for example, very simply, you have a, a table like in entity framework core or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like a user table conceptually yeah. easy to think about. And then let's say you wanted to make a DTO, right. Mm-hmm. And imagine you could just add a data annotation to that user, um, domain, um, object, and it would just automatically create the user DTO. Now in this example, it would take every column from the table and just make a DTO. So what's the point of the DTO? Right. But it's just a brief example of like, Hey, um, we don't have to keep, uh, you know, the, the, like we don't have to write this by hand. Right. right. And then, so every time you'd add that annotation, it would just make new files. Yeah. So I really feel like with, with getting back to the minimalism and the business, um, yeah, there, there's, in my opinion, there's no appetite for, um, refactoring or reduction in code. Yeah. However, and in the amount of code or the net neutral thing is probably like a pipe dream as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So, it, it, you know, assume that we're going to add like globally or whatever it is, like, you know, trillions of lines of code over the next X amount of years. Right. Yeah. Like, so it would be nice to like ramp up like crazy and have a lot of the code generation do that for you. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So it's nice when it's organized, right? It's nice when you have all proper classes, all that stuff, but I really want to type that out by hand. No, of course not. Of course not. And things like that can only be done initially at um, a planning phase of a new software. But yeah, retrofitting stuff like that's incredibly difficult, right? Going back and and changing code is just time consuming and it's, you know, budget constraints and all kinds of factors, right? But for sure, yeah, you're absolutely right. Having code generators is probably the way of the future, to be honest. It's it's that step that we all need to take to kind of write that manageable, you know, concise, just, you know, bite-sized code for not just us, for future developers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I do like about source code generators in general is that... Um, if you have like a certain, I feel like, um, a lot of developers, they have this want to have like perfect code. Um, I would say majority of them, 
probably like like to have their code super clean right. and it look nice, right? When you're because if you love what you do, you probably like okay that that looks good to me. I, I love this. Like if you love what you wrote and it looks cool and it's organized and you have the time to keep it clean, mm-hmm. um, then with source code generators, you can like ensure that the outputted code is like perfect. Yeah. No like um, extra white space, any of that stuff. Right. So why send a human to do the job of a robot kind of thing? Right. right? right. Um, but if we can think about it, then we can just have the, you know, chat GPT source code generators, all this stuff do a lot of that for us. Yeah. I know I get, I get this like little, this pleasure when I'm formatting my code, you know, when you kind of mm-hmm. develop something and you get it to work, spend hours, yep. maybe days, possibly weeks mm-hmm. on getting some process to work. And it finally works. You're ecstatic. You're super happy. You haven't formatted it, but you spend the next hour, happily formatting that because it just works and you're just so happy formatting and just i'll just indent this it just feels so good but uh i just love that feeling it's funny (laughs) if that is so true i never thought i never even like thought about like brought that to the forefront with like you know when you shine light on something yeah the the light of uh awareness i'm like i'm like listen i spent six hours slaving over this and it's a mess right like everything's everywhere right and you're like I earned, I earned the ability to clean this up now, <laughs> exactly. but it's so weird because it'll never be like that for like a meal or like cooking or something. Like if I cooked a big meal and like, it was like, it was amazing. I took like two hours. Like I love cooking. Yeah. And then we, ate, we ate as a family and then everyone's around the table <laughs> looking at each other, like who's going to clean up. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, but, but with coding, but with coding, can you imagine if it was like that for like that situation with, with the uh, dinner and eating? So everyone finishes, nice. yeah. yeah, everyone finishes. And then, and then you look your wife right in the eye or, and, or, you know, your significant other and say, um, Oh, that, that was perfect. I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to go and tidy the heck out of this thing. I'm going <laughs> to love the kitchen. I'm going to go now. format like, this kitchen. Ki- I'm going to love that, it. That kitchen, that kitchen isn't, it now has like another level. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's like got stairs. Yeah. Uh, you know, but unlike uh, food yeah. programming is like a drug, as you know, it's, yep. it becomes an addiction. It's not, yep. I've never done drugs, but yeah, I can imagine that's that feeling, you know, that, sure. that addiction. And then that high, when you get, when you kind of, when you finally finish that, um, that program and, and everything works and yep. it works exactly the way the, that you want it to work. It's that feeling, man, you know, you know, it very mm-hmm. well. Yeah, like a the you you find that like leading up to the dopamine release of like okay I did it now I have to refactor yeah um or like co- like I'm gonna organize it now and I'm happy sometimes that period when you're like if you get stuck and you're trying to fig- it be, can't find like examples online you have no one you can call to figure it out like just it is it just me or for you, does it also feel like you're kind of like bashing your head against a wall? Like it, it hurts almost like yeah. right in the, when you're trying to like, um, you, yeah, like tunnel vision, what else is it? What else yeah. is it? Oh, for sure, man. Um, that happens to me all the time. Um, especially, you know, you finish something and what else could you do? Then there's mm-hmm. something else and what else, how can you make it, you know, a little bit better? And then mm-hmm. there are like, there are blind spots in your code all the time. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I take a little bit of pleasure in finding those blind spots. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but you know, I find a little blind spot and I fix it. It just feels yes. like those little release, like you said, those little releases of dopamines, but they come in these little yep. spurts and then mm-hmm. kind of tie it together. And, uh, it just feels amazing. And honestly, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. Um, yeah. except 
you know, as a career except uh, coding. I love it. It's yeah. the greatest um, for anybody out there thinking of becoming a developer. Um, do it. It's the best job. Definitely. <laughs> it is. Yes. Um, speaking of that, <laughs> like now that they have chat GPT, um, sorry, now that they have Dolly too, make, um, you know, making a lot of artists feel like, mm-hmm. you know, they're feeling it. Um, there's now some stuff which will, I think Google has something that will generate, you know, um, music right on the fly. Oh yeah. Right. It'll just make you a whole song. So that now producers, composers are all like that. Um, so my question is how long until you think it'll be this year or when will it be that you'll just go to open AI and you'll say, generate website mm-hmm. and mobile apps for this idea and create a uh, company uh, global or in Canada and file patents for, and you just enter your credit card and it spins the oh, whole goodness. thing. You like this concept? You like this concept? How, how, how close are we for not recommending people to get into programming? No, we're not that close. We're very far from that. The amount of red tape behind all that you just said mm-hmm. would just be insane. Um, mm-hmm. It's one thing to create a song or create a shell of a website or even a mm-hmm. website. Everything chat G- GPT can do, you can literally go and copy and paste it from somewhere else, right? Like Very true. Create a website. Like Stack Overflow. Yeah, you can just copy and paste or whatever code yep. you look for. Yes, you know, the intricacies are, you know, it'll, it'll output those intricacies and it'll save you time in researching, but you will eventually find that information um, Googling stuff or looking stuff up on the internet. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, it's, it's further development over time. Yes, it's going to probably at some point you know, you're going to tell it to make an app that can, you know, track satellites. It'll generate an app for you. But uh, as far as creating a business and, and that's a little more, you know, a lot of red tape in that, in that yeah. industry. Right. But technical stuff. Yeah. I think, I think uh, we should tell our kids to get into blue collar work, perhaps carpentry or mm. <laughs> mechanics or something. Yeah. It's going to change. It's going to change the landscape. Right. Mm. Yeah. It is a little bit weird sitting and staring at screens all day yeah and then as soon as you're done staring at this screen right now Rui, you're gonna go downstairs have dinner with your family and then you're gonna stare at a different screen could be your phone could be television like a tv whatever it is and then after you've watched that different screen you'll probably go to bed and look at a different screen yeah it's, um, it's this, pretty bad but uh, i typically yeah. don't like to stare at screens for too long i mm. read a lot i read nice. a lot of books man on an iPad? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I almost got you there. Okay, so books, right? Like physical, physical books. I do, yeah, I okay, do yeah. read a lot. Every night. Okay, I'm, cool. uh, yeah, every night. Every night I read, man. Every single night. Maybe that's why you can sleep. For at least an hour or two. So I don't spend... I mean, the problem is all the time in between. I'm staring at screens too, right? Like all day. Yep. And then television. And then, uh, you know, reruns of old game shows and a lot of... A lot of stuff I shouldn't be watching. <laughs> it's like, how long would it take you to watch all of YouTube? Dude, right? Price if is it, right, if man. It frozen. <laughs> yeah. oh my God. What's that guy's name? You like uh, Bob Barker? Yeah, Bob Barker. And then Happy it was uh, the yeah, I know <laughs> the Price is Wrong. Um, yeah, it's like I was those people on Prices Right where they're like, um, uh, two hundred, four hundred. 300, <laughs> 301 cent. And, and then the guy just looks over. It's like, you <laughs> like, was that, it, was that it like part like of prices, right? Yeah. It's like, and they always get it and they're like, Oh, good thing I went last. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, um, 
Oh man, it's a what a scam. I don't know. It's it's a big scam. Yeah. It's a casino. Yeah, so no so money. so that's it, man. That's uh that's these are some good ideas and uh for sure anybody looking to get into develop, developer work um send me your resume no i'm just kidding don't send me <laughs> i'm not hiring yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah no it is it is good um you know there's tons of people still getting into this stuff and um i feel in in my opinion um i i just have this feeling that a lot of developers are feeling that oh shoot chat gpt right yeah um should i be worried kind of stuff there is um a colleague of mine asked for um it's like hey have you had any experience programming against this um this particular google api yeah right and um you know i I sent him oh yeah this is a code snippet right against this um i I think it was like uh google maps api or uh i can't remember because google has a bunch of them yeah right bunch of apis and um (laughs) he's like he's such an awesome guy like he's like i would hang out with them like you know, you know, one of those awesome dudes, like work aside, programming aside, just yeah. real chill dude. And he's like, wow, this is so good. You, sh- you should put it in Stack Overflow. And, and I was like, I was like, thanks, man. Maybe I will. I didn't have the heart to tell him at the time. I was like, like, and then it ate at me and I had to message him and be like, hey, by the way, ChatGPT. Yeah. He's like, what? Yeah, no, I, honestly, but, yeah. man, I think that uh, the media has blown it out of proportion as in, in mm-hmm. typical fashion. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think we have to worry for another like, what do you think? 30 years? Yeah, I think we're, it's our kids' problem. Yeah, it's our kids' problem. We're, we're going to retire, yeah. you know, yeah. using whatever we use. P- PHP, right? That's, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like pure C. Um, <laughs> it's like unsafe uh, memory access. Like, there's so much uh, nice things about, I'm not sure if it's C or, well, you know, the low level uh, languages where mm-hmm. you can really, get into hot water of like accessing um, like a memory allocation that's, you know, yeah already, you know, in flight or like some kind of unsafe right. thing where like C sharp is, it protects you from all, all that. Right. It's like, um, it's like the, um, it's like the world is on fire. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and C sharp is like a nice bus that you're on. And the driver is <laughs> like guy from Microsoft. He's like, you like, you like uh, the curly braces. And then all the kids are like, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> Um, but uh, it's kind of nice because as these higher and higher levels of like abstractions over whatever it compiles down to yeah. like assembly or whatever, like, of course it's going to get more and more, um, easier to write. Like why create another level higher? Yeah. Like, um, I'm not sure if you, have you seen, um, the language Kotlin? No. Oh, Kotlin. Right. That's, um, Google's yeah. Google's language, right? It's the, is it Java replacement? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I know that it's like either Java based or Java replacement mm-hmm. or or just a better way or an easier way of writing that stuff. But yeah. it, it really like uh, for um, I feel like if 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 there's someone out there that loves um, C sharp mm-hmm. and they're looking for like like a mobile native kind of language yeah. for Android or, you know, whatever it is like, that's a really good. It's a really elegant language. Mm-hmm. If you look at some of the code examples. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of interesting to think of like when, when we do this, we do it in our own little um, C sharp or VB or whatever the Microsoft bubble, yeah. right. Or the, or a PHP or, but then you, you kind of almost don't have the context of like, what is this like to write this in go yeah, or yeah. whatever it is. Right. But uh, it's kind of interesting to like, when you look at how, 
I'm sure Microsoft does that too, where if they're implementing a feature, mm-hmm. th- they probably go around and see, all right, who's got the best like way of doing this? Right. And then they'll, it's almost best to be last in that regard. Yeah. What yeah. do you think? No, I think that's a good, that's for sure. That, that makes sense because, uh, you know, you get, you get to pick, right? You get to pick which one's a better solution and implement it, right? Um, Microsoft is really good at doing that, as you know, right? That's, that's right. why they're so successful. Yeah. But no, it's good. I, I think it's good that they do that, right? Good for the end user and good for the developer and people mm-hmm. using their tools, right? We need yep. that, uh, that built upon or that, um, you know, that strong foundation uh, to build, right? Or for them, they need the strong foundation to build on for us to have a strong foundation and something to work yeah. with, right? But yep. um, yeah, man, Microsoft's, I don't know, man. People talk a lot about, you know, put them down, but they're doing amazing stuff when it comes to developer or developing and, and environments. Yeah. It's almost like I lost my train of thought lot. with that whole. Yeah, fair enough. Whole it's almost like they, sp- <laughs> <laughs> they spend a lot of their um, time uh, just trying to uh, re um, uh, establish respect in the community, right? Because of the, what happened in the past, they have a lot of people like, oh no, that's Microsoft, that's uh, corporate, that's, you know, not open source. There's some people I, I still believe that, you know, don't know that Microsoft's, you know, .NET's open source and all that stuff. They just think it's all Windows, yeah. you know. Um, you know, and the things like, Ma- sorry. No, no, go on. I'm sorry. I interrupted. I was going to say the things like Maui, we, we just like write, you yes, know, yes. something in Blazor and it just publishes six different apps. Yeah. You know, like, that's amazing. Incredible. Yeah. No, I do. I do love the way they do things. And honestly, man, I, end of the day, I don't know. Love is such a strong word. I don't, maybe I don't love it. You know, I love other things, but not Microsoft per se. But, <laughs> um, I'd like, you, you got to use the right tool for the job, man. It, my, my opinion is know everything, right? And use everything to your advantage when it comes to this, you know, this, um, in this line of work, use everything to your advantage, use your Microsoft, use your PHP and whatever, Google, go Kotlin and Java, whatever you can use, use it. That is, uh, my, my, my stance on that. So you do, you do a bunch of work in other languages, right? And I think more so than I, um, are you finding that when you see like examples of like um, any other language other than C sharp, or when you look at a project like a PHP project or any other web project, yeah. um, are you finding that code base in terms of technical debt is like much higher on the Microsoft's side um, in terms of like how many projects there are yeah. or, you know, like wh- uh, what do you think? Like, do you think that based on what you're developing in now or the languages that you see, like, mm-hmm. are they, are they, is it easy to get sucked into, you know, that create a new file, create a new project, create a new, like everything's new, new, new. Yeah, no, I think Microsoft does have a huge footprint when it comes to, uh, you know, code, code, I guess, uh, a code footprint, a code print. It's huge. Yeah. And uh, compared to like other languages, like PHP, for example, has a, I think they're, it doesn't do the same things. You know, PHP is a lot, has a lot less functionality than, than like a .NET but um, on a whole, I think it's it's a lot more, I guess, has a lot less code print <laughs> than Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Microsoft's just, it's a behemoth, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think PHP is a little bit easier and, and obviously scripting languages are easier, but um, yeah, Java, Java and C Sharp are kind of the same thing. 
I worked a lot in uh, obviously VBA and VB, and that is a little more condensed than C sharp. Um, and I think I think Microsoft wants to mimic VB, right? They want to kind of switch, yeah, or mimic VB I, and noticed, C sharp, right? Like, I've noticed that where like remove you know, the curly braces and, and stuff. Yeah, like that. a lot. The curly braces are coming off a lot yeah. lately with new C sharp versions, and they're using things like and and not yes exactly um, and the kind of real language uh, th- those are the features i love from like vb.net vb yeah uh, vba is like it's just like, kind of easy to read mm-hmm. um and you know with the curly braces off sometimes it's like you know you can't really tell like where this is going yeah. like but then you have things like like crazy where like not, like yaml where like an extra space it just doesn't compile. It doesn't work yeah. because it's actually, you know, it, it will mean something completely different if right. there's an extra space. Like Python, whatnot. right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Python's like that. Yeah. Oh, Python's it, um, have you programmed in F sharp? Uh, no, no, I haven't. That was, um, no, I never, I never actually touched that or saw the code. I'm not sure what it looks it's, like. Uh, it's, it's F is for functional. I, I've never programmed in it. But uh, I wonder if it's like um, Python or like, mm-hmm. is Python a lot of like, is it a lot of functional? Um, I think Python is, uh, what does Python remind me of? It reminds me of, reminds me of C, mm. <laughs> plain old C, man. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. Or maybe C, C++, right? Yeah. But the, yeah, it's indentation, you know, obviously. Matters. Yeah, it matters. Um there's another programming language that I programmed in. Um, can't remember off the top of my head, but it was crappy. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. <laughs> right. It was during my uh, college, and uh, we used it for statistics, the stats mm. class. It was called it was called R. R. Yeah, R. Right. Yeah. And that was uh, yeah, yeah weird, right? it was weird, man. But no, I saw a video on um, this this programming language called Malborg. Right. It was yeah. such a cool cool video and. <laughs> It's uh, it's a crazy language, and one day I'll learn it. One day, oh I mean, God, it's yeah, just yeah. it interests me. I don't know, I don't know what I, it is about I, it. I watched, I watched that video of it. It's like I watched it like a couple times. I didn't know what was going on, and then um, I went back to it to like watch it like a third time, and I was like, oh, you made this video. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I didn't realize it was just like um, not that I'm saying like it's your stuff is recognizable. Like it's like oh, this is definitely a Rui video. Yeah, it was just it, it was just. Yeah. It just hit me on this weird, like, we're in the matrix uh, level. Yeah, you know? it was very abstract, and yeah, my face wasn't yeah. in it, but uh... right, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, it's yeah, a weird, weird, weird kind of talk cool about language. condensed code. That would be uh, the opposite of anything normal or condensed. <laughs> yeah, I think there's also uh, what was it um, uh, Fireship did um, like it was a walkthrough on. F U K T or something oh, is a language where, one, yeah. yeah, where it's like it's just so hard to write. Mm. <laughs> well, one guy made it as like, uh, okay, I'll make this thing. It's like, <laughs> it's like so um, deliberately, okay, let's make something go viral. Let's make a language of like, is it, oh, is it better, more uh, fast, easier? Like, no, everything's way hard. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was the whole, yeah, um, effort as a joke kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. If yeah. it's on Fireship, um, then it made it, man. It's prime Absolutely, time. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Let's make it on Fireship, <laughs> man. Let's create something it's crazy. A, yeah. 
it's like uh, Microsoft uh, kind of, they were all excited on their, one of the last uh, community standups like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. They were talking about how when Fireship did uh, Blazor mm-hmm. as a spot framework. Yeah. And it was, they, they like lost their, they're like, oh, they're doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of big for them um, to be kind of recognized in that space because as you know, Fireship, he's like, you know, more trendy, modern spa frameworks, yeah. JavaScript libraries, all, all that up and coming stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, to be kind of put in there, like he's not, we're not, I mean, it, there's trickles of Blazor in his stuff, but not as much as everything else that's right. out there. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I do feel that Microsoft's looking at like all of those different JavaScript spa frameworks that Fireship, you know, covers and like, oh, what cool features um, can we put? in there yeah cool but i mean the one thing about the code getting back to code minimalism yeah um is that's one thing i i truly feel that you know blazer shines on with microsoft is that um you know before or not before like essentially if you have let's say a react project and let's say you have a dotnet core um open api swagger um you know, set of API controllers or minimal, uh, minimal APIs, then you can use like NSwag or some kind of um, uh, source code generator, generate a TypeScript client Mm -hmm. for the React uh, front end. Yeah. Right. So that, that in Blazor, you can still do, it'll just generate the C sharp one. Um, That will also generate like models and DTOs in TypeScript. Mm -hmm. Right. But with, Blazor, because you can have like a shared project between the API and the front end yeah. and just put your DTOs in it. Um, and it's just all C sharp, meaning that you don't have to take the C sharp and transcompile it down to TypeScript. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, there's no, there's no serialization, so to speak, yeah. like um, conceptually, because, you know, like everything, well, I guess everything's like JSON. So, you know, across the wire, in HTTP one and, and two. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if you, you don't want to necessarily serialize it a different way and have like variability in serialization. And, yeah. you know, if you, then the other cool thing is like, if you have a shared project between your front end and your back end in Blazor, then let's say you have a um, company DTO with, um, you know, a company name and a company type. Yeah. If you wanted to add another property on there, like, company icon class um let's say it's like a view model or something mm-hmm. as soon as you add it to that shared project I, they both get the benefit yeah so the, the back end could populate it or the front end could populate it you know whatever mm-hmm. but uh, it's just kind of nice because it's all c sharp right um yeah yeah man that's good well what time is it? Are we uh, are we on time? Yes. Are we, what, yeah, it's pr- pretty good. What do we do? What, so um, I can't see a timestamp anywhere. Uh, Forty two minutes. Oh so wow, that's yeah, that's good for now. Um, so basically, um, try to do this once a week and um, um, kind of going over like really, what are we going to go over? What are the four things that code play? You know, anyone watching this first episode, it's like, hey, do I? continue watching uh, yeah. what, what else are these guys going to talk about all right so so basically our our um topics for this show are as follows we are going to speak about programming coding in general which we did today and various 
you know, technical topics, not limited to programming. I mean, we could talk about artificial intelligence. It's it's a whole gambit of technical aspects of society we will talk about. We'll talk about culture, um, origin of words, uh, sociological impact of, of, you know, of language and, um, and mannerisms. Um, we're, we're also going to talk about, um, games, video games, um, in-game philosophy, um, you know, lore, um, architecture of video games and the hardware that plays them. Um, another topic would be pharmacology. Uh, we're going to talk about genetics, uh, routine diets, supplements, toxins, recovery, and mental health. So these are the wide range of topics we're going to speak about and delve into them deeply for the hour that we have together. Right. And the Um, technology part plays in all of them as well. Yes, exactly. So if there's a technology change, the entertainment will change. If there's a health change, then potentially technology will change, right? They're all kind of like a Venn diagram of this podcast maybe that's should be the uh that's what we're, if you're we're going to create next a venn diagram yeah. <laughs> thanks everyone see you next time thanks everybody see you next time mm-hmm.